You are listening to The Overwhelmed Brain. Today's episode is brought to you by Zola. Let Zola help you through your wedding registry and planning process. To receive a $50 credit toward your registry today, sign up at zola.com forward slash T-O-B. Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The Overwhelmed Brain is here to help you create the life you want now. Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain. I am your host, personal empowerment coach, Paul Coliani. I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence, strengthen your self-worth and self-esteem, and empower you so that you can make decisions that are right for you. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. And I want to thank you in advance for your leniency while I still get over this cold or allergy that uh, allergies that I'm having. Uh, so thank you in advance for tolerating my stuffy sound. Uh, I mean like congested, where I just sound a little, I don't know, nasally. I can't emote as much as I want to. I can't inflect as much as I want to. So I'm going to do my best. And I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate your leniency as I record today's episode. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today is an email I received from someone I'm going to call Let's say Joe. Joe says, hey, Paul, thanks for the podcast. It has helped me. I stumbled across it while trying to find an explanation for the way I am in my relationship. When my girlfriend tries to bring up how I feel about her, it's like I close up. My mind goes blank. It gets to the stage where any feelings I think I have to express are just those of anxiety and stress. I'm stuck in this place where I don't know what I feel for her, but I also don't know if that's just how I am. We're on the verge of breaking up because of it. The idea of breaking up is almost a relief to me because I know it'll end this particular issue, but I'm worried that it'll just show up someplace else down the line. I don't like that I am dragging her through this while I try to work myself out. It's not fair on her. I started seeing a psychologist because of this. After 10 sessions, she told me that she doesn't feel like she's made much progress at all with me. I'm just as unable to talk about feelings as our first session. Through your podcast and my limited research online, I have narrowed it down that I am either one or both of the following, emotionally unavailable and or emotionally abusive. I brought this up with my girlfriend. She agrees with the first, but doesn't think I'm an emotionally abusive person. From what I've heard on your show, I think I am. All right, Joe, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, You didn't necessarily ask a question, but I'm going to extrapolate what that question might be and see if I can uh, pull something out of here. Uh, obviously, there's a couple things to talk about. Uh, one of the things is uh, closing up, like when you close up. So this is a great thing for you to know. You, you know, you've un- you understand what happens when your girlfriend tries to bring up uh, your feelings. You say it's like I close up, my mind goes blank. I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that's a protection mechanism, because you're protecting yourself. Because you don't want to connect with something vulnerable. Because feeling emotions, 
I mean, some people can do it easily. I, I think I can do it easily. Feeling emotions can be a vulnerable place if you're not used to doing it. This is why there are a lot of people that are emotionally detached or unavailable, like you say, uh, because connecting with emotions means you're showing a vulnerable part of you. And what I mean by that is when you're connecting with your emotions and you're able to convey those emotions or show affection for someone else, which is connecting with your own emotions and connecting with their emotions, uh, what you're doing is you're taking off some protection. You're taking off your emotional protection, which is like emotional armor. And when you take off this emotional armor, what that means is that someone can hurt you during that time. It's sort of like, I'm, I'm going to use a nerd reference here. <laughs> I'm a nerd sometimes. Uh, it's a Star Trek reference where they can only transport people back and forth to the ship when their shields are down. That's what it's like. It's like, I'm going to lower my emotional shield so that I can be uh, connected to you emotionally. But by doing that, you could attack me. My shields are down. You could attack me. I like to use the emotional armor reference because it's more relatable to more people. Plus, I like the visual of that. But that's what it's like when you connect with your emotions and you want to connect to someone else and feel emotionally involved with them. That is a vulnerable place. Not for everyone. Like I said, some people are very comfortable doing it. But if you're not comfortable doing it, then you'll probably close up. And this is what I believe is happening to you, is that you're not comfortable going to that emotional place because you probably feel vulnerable and you could be attacked in that vulnerable state. Not that you're consciously thinking, oh, I'm going to be attacked, therefore I'll close up. No, this probably stems from something a long time ago when you were growing up that it, you know, when you were a child and you were free to express yourself in any way, but that freedom became uh, dangerous. Like that freedom to express yourself became something that an opportunity for someone to attack you, you learned to close it up. So I'm just kind of establishing what is probably the platform, the foundation for you. When you have an opportunity to open up, that vulnerability kicks in. You don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to feel vulnerable. So you close up to protect yourself. Now, who did this to you? You know, who was in your life that made you feel like you couldn't be or experience the full breadth of who you are and the full breadth of emotions that you have? Because I like to put all the emotions in a single pool inside of you, like your emotional core, where everything stems from your happiness, your sadness, your anger, your delight, your joy, your pain, your fears, your worries, your anxiety, and your elation and your bliss. Everything is in there. And in order to feel fully joyful, you also have to allow the feeling of full sorrow to come up and out of you. This is more philosophical, and I'm not backing this up with scientific research, but I believe this to be true. And I look at my own life and the life of my clients and the life of people I've worked with that when they're able to access the full breadth of emotions inside of them, especially the full breadth of pain that's in there, because that's where a lot of us go, is that we have this pain in there and we don't want to access the pain. So we don't access the pain and that means we also don't have access 
to a lot of the good stuff too, to the positive stuff. Not that pain is negative, but pain is just what it is. We don't want to feel it. We don't like it. So what do we do? We try to block it. We repress it. We close up because, you know, this is me just guessing, but you close up because not only could there be love and joy and happiness inside of you, but there's also emotional pain and fear. And if you open that door, it's all allowed to come up. I'm not saying that's how specifically how it works, but this is why a lot of people can't get to the full feeling of something positive in them because they don't allow the full feeling of something, quote, negative in them. So I, I want you to start thinking in these terms just, just as a start to help you start thinking, when I close up, what am I protecting? Okay, I'm protecting, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that someone might judge me. There is a pretension that I've had, a lot of people have, what if someone judges me? You know, then you start drilling into this judgment. Well, what are they judging me about? What if they don't like what I say? Well, how is that a problem? I always love that uh, question. How is that a problem? How, how is that a bad thing? How is that, you know, affecting your life? How is that, you know, so on and so forth? What about that is affecting your life? What about that is causing an issue for you? Well, if they don't like what I say, they might think I'm stupid. Okay, so they think you're stupid. What about that is bad? Well, if they think I'm stupid, you know, this is my drill down technique. If you've listened to the show for, for a while, you understand what I'm doing. But if you haven't heard this or forget about it, this is a, a good refresher. Okay, so I feel stupid. Well, how is feeling stupid bad? Or how, how is them seeing me as stupid bad? Well, if they think I'm stupid, then uh, I might not get included to their meetings or the family functions or, you know, where do you go with it? Where do you go? I, I, I think it's important to look up uh, on my website, theoverwhelmedbrain.com, type in the word drill down, it's two words, into the search field, and you'll see where I talk about uh, drill down questions. And plus, I just uh, created an episode, Stupid Questions That Heal, just um, a few weeks ago. If you listen to that episode as well, uh, uh, that will help you kind of drill into there and figure out what you're protecting. Because what you're protecting, that's what's keeping you from feeling other things. And if you protect the pain inside of you because you don't want to feel it, then the pleasure and the good stuff kind of gets trapped in there too. So yes, it's scary. You open the door and then you feel something you don't want to feel. I mean, this is what happened to me. When I had realizations how much hatred I was carrying toward my stepfather. You know, he was an alcoholic, abusive, aggressive, sometimes violent, definitely a volatile person where I was always afraid to be around him. And slowly over time, I didn't realize how much hatred I had toward him. And uh, it took, you know, a relationship ending for me to finally connect with the deepest part of my emotional core where I found hatred. Whoa, what's hatred doing down there? I didn't know it was in there. I spent my whole life as a people pleaser. This was like in my mid-30s. And I'm so used to pleasing others and I'm so used to denying my own anger that I didn't know hatred was in there. In fact, I even grew up learning that hatred was a bad word. That hating someone was, you know, immoral. That you shouldn't hate anyone. So because I had this hatred in me, 
And I had this morality program running that said, hating someone is bad. You shouldn't do that. I went into denial about it. I just refused to believe that I could hate. Because if I could hate, what kind of person does that make me? And then one night, you know, my girlfriend's walking out the door saying, I can't be with you anymore. This connection to this deep level of pain and anger and all of a sudden hate comes out and I'm crying on the floor. I just, my knees buckle, I fall to the floor and I'm yelling almost. I hate my stepfather. I hate him so much. And I, you know, the next day or the day after, I'm thinking, where the heck did that come from? Where was that? It was always in there. So I want you to think in these terms, Joe, where you have this uh, protection mechanism that kicks in that's probably protecting something that you don't want to feel. And I don't think it has anything to do with joy and pleasure and bliss. I mean, it does, it's related, but it has something to do with perhaps uh, it could be hatred, could be anger, could be a fear, but something that if it were to come up in you would make you feel a certain way or uh, make you feel something that you don't want to feel or make you think something that you don't want to think. I mean, there are people that get abused by one parent, but they hate the other parent. Uh, and they think, I'm supposed to be angry at the parent that abused me, but I'm more angry at the parent that didn't protect me, or didn't stand up for me, or didn't say the right thing, or didn't take me out of the situation. That happens a lot. I, I just said that a, a couple episodes ago, where there's child abuse, and the child grows up with all these feelings that they don't know what to do with, and they hold back these feelings against the parent that really didn't do anything to them except not help them, which is a big thing. I mean, it's part of the neglect process and what comes up in children and how come you weren't there to protect me kind of thing. But that's what happens is that we can hold on to these feelings toward people that we don't believe deserve our negativity. Like, I don't believe my mom deserves my negativity, so I shouldn't be mad at her. Well, I say, damn it, if you're mad at her, if you're angry with her, feel it. Let it come up. Yell it out loud. I'm not saying you necessarily have to tell her or share it with her. It's up to you. But certainly, um, let it come up in you. I mean, mom or dad or any caretaker, uncle, aunt, sister, brother, whoever in your life that maybe you feel something toward and don't necessarily want to uh, feel that way toward because you, you think they don't deserve it. doesn't matter if they deserve it or not. If you're feeling it and you're repressing it, you're holding back not only the negativity but the positive stuff too. I want you to think about this stuff and, and keep this in mind that closing up doesn't necessarily mean you are the label of an emotionally detached person or emotionally unavailable person, or emotionally abusive person. It can turn into this stuff, and the labels are handy for you to understand yourself better. Like, am I being emotionally abusive? Well, you know, it could be. You could have these qualities because of things, I mean, this is often what happens, because of things you don't want to face in yourself. When we don't want to face something in ourselves, or we've learned to repress what we don't want to feel in ourselves, we can become emotionally unavailable, and emotionally abusive. That's what often happens. And a lot of this has to do with our upbringing. Most of it. All of it. <laughs> I mean, all of it has to do with our upbringing. And some parents 
or caretakers will show up in our lives and take, quote, care of us in a way that isn't necessarily healthy for us because they're dealing with their own dysfunction. I mean, it's quite possible that you have parents that neglect you or didn't know how to show love to you because of something going on in them, because of their upbringing, because of what's going on in their life and what happened in their childhood. Now it's passed on to you just because of how they show up. Sometimes not even how they treat you, just because how they show up and how they treat other people, but typically how they treat you and how you come out of it. So whether your parents or caretakers were the greatest in the world or not doesn't matter because you interpreted something that happened, though I have a feeling that something happened when you were a child in order for you not to be able to feel like you could connect with yourself. I mean, that's what it's all about, connecting with yourself emotionally. And I will ask you this because I've had clients that told me this, you know, I'm emotionally unavailable. I'm emotionally detached. And I'll ask them, okay, have you ever watched a movie where you just started crying? And almost all of them, I think all of them have said, yes, I have. I'm like, why is that? You're this emotionally unattached person. (laughs) You're not supposed to have these feelings. Well, you know, someone's dog died or there was a, a romance that broke up and I really felt connected to that person. You know, they'll tell me these things. I'll go, great. I want you to connect to that person right now. I want you to connect to that space right now. And sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. But this is a great place to start practicing how to access those emotions inside of you. And I'm willing to bet that in a movie theater, you're not afraid to be vulnerable. You're not afraid that someone's going to come out of the movie screen and then, you know, hurt you in some way. You're okay being vulnerable. You're okay accessing those emotions and feeling anything you'd like to feel because there's no chance for someone hurting you. So this is where you practice. That's the first step. That's where you connect with yourself. And just stay aware of how you're accessing those emotions and what the difference is while you're in the theater and while you're with someone that you love. Now, when you're with someone that you love, the question is, do you feel safe with them? When you're with someone you you love and you feel safe with them, that's where you practice connecting with someone else, which means connecting with yourself, getting to that emotional space inside of you, and then being in that emotional space while connecting with them. Kind of a formula for empathy. I'm in this emotional space with you. And what that'll do is allow that person to connect with you in return. You know, you do this with safe people. You might think that no one's safe and that's what the problem is or something. But this is where those leaps of faith start coming in. It's like, you know what? I need to tell you something and I'm afraid to tell you. Because you can say that to someone that has shown up as safe time and time again for you. Safe in the sense that you can share things with them, express to them, without fear that they're going to retaliate or be aggressive toward you at all. Not everyone can do this. I mean, you might not have someone safe in your life. That's kind of why it's good to have like a best friend. A best friend is usually the most safe person because you could tell the best friend anything. Oh my God, I did this and so-and-so is going to be so mad at me and your best friend's going to, you know, listen to you and they're not going to tell you Uh, how bad you are and how immoral you are, typically. (laughs) Some will, but 
The idea is that you have someone safe to express to. Someone, just like writing this email to me. You felt safe enough to write this to me where I wasn't going to write back and say, what? You're an emotionally abusive person? Well, you're a bad person. I have a feeling that you didn't think that, which is why you, you were able to open up to me. So this is the kind of leap of faith I want you to take, is to find someone that you feel might be the safest person to express to and express some things to them. Maybe some things that you've held on to. Maybe some things that you feel embarrassed, guilty, ashamed by, humiliated by. Anything that comes up that you're afraid to express to someone. You find a friend or do it with your partner because what you want to do is reinforce that it's okay to connect with that part of you. Because if you never try it, you'll never realize that it's okay to do it. And like I said, not everyone's safe. If you have a volatile stepfather like I do, you're not going to want to express that anything to him. Now, when you learn to express yourself with safe people and you learn to start honoring your boundaries and telling people what's acceptable in your life and what's not and really start um, getting into alignment with what you value most in your life, then you can stand up for yourself and stand up to people like, for example, my stepfather, which I have no problem standing up to now, uh, where you're not afraid to connect with that part of you because that part of you, you realize that emotional core has more of the experiences that you want in your life. Otherwise, you're just going through life looking at data, you know, collecting information, which has little meaning. I mean, you might find some emotional connection to things, but don't you want the full experience? Like when you're in love, don't you want to be in love? Don't you want to be so in love that you just love being with the person? Don't you want to feel happy instead of little slivers of happiness here and there? I'm not saying these are static states that last forever, but they are the full experience that can have peaks. And these peaks are what make life wonderful and also painful. It goes both ways, but you have to allow it to go both ways so that you can feel the entire experience happening. So I hope this helps you, Joe. I hope this is enough to get you started on connecting with yourself. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of clients that told me, you know, I started meditating. I don't normally recommend meditating because you can hear that recommendation from every single person in the world. <laughs> However, I do recommend meditation. If you have trouble accessing these deeper parts of you, I think meditation is a great tool. So I would recommend maybe taking one minute. That's all I'm asking. One minute a day to just connect with yourself. What does that mean? You can look up meditation practices and figure that out. There's a lot out there. I mean, meditation is a way to just shut out the outside world so that you can connect with you and all that is you. Meditation might be a good choice for you along with everything else I've said today. So, Joe, I hope this helps. Thank you so much for sharing this, and I wish you the best. We'll be right back after this. let me ask you a question. Are you planning on getting married? Seriously, are you planning on it? If you are, let me ask you this. Do you think planning the wedding is one of those 
easy, happy, stress-free processes filled with joy and love? Or are you a bit more realistic and know that in order for your wedding to go off with as few problems as possible, you're going to need to put in some sweat, money, and a whole lot of organizing and scheduling just to make sure everyone meets at the same time in the same place doing exactly what they need to do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a realistic thinker myself too. And that's why I want to tell you about Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding experience. Zola knows what it takes to plan for a wedding so the happiest moment in your life can be even happier. How? They give you a whole suite of wedding planning tools, including your wedding registry, customizable to-do checklists, a robust and revolutionary guest list manager, you know, for RSVPs and communicating with your guests at all steps of the process, deadline trackers, and more for free. We're talking about the entire wedding planning process in one free package. And managing all of this is easy to do on your computer and with their top-rated app on your iPhone or Android device. They even give you a free wedding website where you can personalize one of their beautiful, easy-to-edit designs with photos, stories, and all of your wedding details. And of course, your wedding registry integrates flawlessly with your site. That means that your guests get to have the experience you want them to have, giving them everything they need in one place. And to add to this already super package, Zola is offering listeners of the overwhelmed brain $50 toward your registry. Imagine that. You get the suite of tools for free and a gift for yourselves as a couple just by visiting Zola.com forward slash T-O-B. That's Z-O-L-A dot com and the letters T-O-B stands for the overwhelmed brain. Choose from 500 brands and over 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds. Take advantage of your $50 credit by visiting Zola.com forward slash T-O-B. Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love, and they want to make your wedding planning and registry experience happy and easy. From the engagement to the wedding and even decorating your first home, Zola is there, combining compassionate customer service with the most efficient modern tools and technology, all in the service of love. Join over 300,000 couples who have used Zola by visiting zola.com forward slash T-O-B and get this entire set of tools free and $50 toward your registry today. All right, welcome back. I'm going to read you another message. Uh, one before we close the show. It's uh, from someone I want to call Chris. Chris says, Paul, I wanted to thank you for answering the question I sent you. Uh, she says, I sent you the PTSD abuse question a few months ago. I'm not going to lie. It was tough to hear, but incredibly helpful. You were open, honest, and vulnerable. And I haven't seen much of that in the last few years. So sincerely, thank you. You reminded me that men can be vulnerable and empathetic and that I can be heard. You gave me hope and validation. You made a difference in my life, and I truly hope that you are aware of your impact. Thank you for helping me get through one of the darkest years of my life. All right, Chris, I am honored. I am grateful. Thank you so much for that message. And the reason I wanted to read this is not only to publicly acknowledge Chris and thank her, but also, um, you know, this goes in line with what I just talked about regarding finding someone safe with whom to share. And, and you know, my coaching work, 
this is what happens sometimes is that people will reach out to me and work with me in coaching and uh, some of our sessions are just them wanting to express something that maybe they've never expressed to anyone or the people they expressed to weren't very safe in a way that they would lash back or feel defensive and people reach out to me and sometimes they will use our sessions just to express what's going on because here's what happens is and I talked about this in the last segment where you start expressing something that you are afraid to express or embarrassed ashamed feel guilty about anything like that where you usually don't express it because you feel like you might be judged and you feel like you might be labeled or put in some category and when you find someone that's non-judgmental when you find someone that really loves you unconditionally or just wants the best for you they're going to listen with an open heart an open mind and wanting you to be happy when you find someone like that that wants you to be happy and you're able to express things to them that you have trouble expressing or don't want to express because you know it's something that you did that you don't feel very good about or it's something that somebody else did to you that you don't feel very good about or whatever the the past has all these meanings that we give to it and uh, a lot of the time when we talk about it when we express just the act of telling someone about what happened to us or what we did can be enough to heal i mean this is kind of what my girlfriend does for uh, the fionaproject.org she wants child sexual abuse survivors to just tell their story because a lot of them just they wall up they stonewall themselves they don't want to talk about it and they just want to hold on to whatever it is because sharing it makes them feel again vulnerable and when they're vulnerable they can be you know the feeling is they can be attacked it may not be a conscious thought or feeling but that's what it feels like it feels like we could be attacked if we were to share something that happened to us or something that we did I want you to feel safe to express yourself. And sometimes the people in your life aren't safe to express to. I mean, if you have things going on inside of you, here's what I use for a gauge. Like if you go throughout your day and you feel good more often than you feel not good, you know, bad, then then you probably don't have too much that you're repressing. You probably don't really need to find someone to express to and get some stuff out. If you feel good more often than you feel bad, then things are probably quite normal for you. They're, you're in a better space than most people. However, if you feel bad, you know, those negative feelings that you're carrying around, if you feel bad more often than you feel good, then there's something in there to express. There's something in there to let go. What do you need to let go? This is that point in the show where if you listen late at night, right before you fall asleep, <laughs> I get a, a lot of letters that say, I listen to your show to fall asleep. And they are, they compliment me. They say, no, 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 not because you're boring, because you know you have a deep voice and, and you're always saying something positive and something for me to think about. And I fall asleep thinking about this stuff or not thinking about this stuff because you're just there talking. And so this might be that point in the show where I can just ask you the question, what do you need to let go? Because if you're falling asleep now, that's something to think about, right? That's something to dream about. If you're not falling asleep, if you're listening to this in your car, don't fall asleep. <laughs> just stay driving or just stay awake, stay alert, and um, do whatever you're doing. 
you know, I want you to self-regulate here and figure out what you need to do for you. But, you know, think about it anyway, no matter what you're doing. What do you need to let go? And a follow-up question. If Let's just say that someone came into your life that knew everything about you. Everything. They knew everything that you thought every second of the day. They knew every single event that occurred in your life. They can uh, recall every second of every minute of every hour of every day of your life. You can't hide anything. Just think about that for a moment. You meet someone that you can't hide anything from. Now with this person, they know everything. What would you say to this person? You know, let's just say that you do have something that you have going on inside of you. You don't feel good. You, you feel bad more that often than you feel good. And what would you say to this person? What would come out? What would come up? What emotions are stirring inside you now as you think about this? You know, start having the experience inside you so that it can come out of you. Start connecting with that emotional core at that deep level so that these things can come up and out. So even if you don't have anyone in your life at all that you can be feel safe with, just imagine someone showing up like that. Even if you're in a room by yourself, imagine they walked in. Now they're sitting there and they know everything about you. What do you say? What would you like to say? I want to leave you with that as we close the show. I got something a little different during the outro of the show, so I want to keep you in this space as we hit the music to end this segment and um, we'll say some thank yous and then I'll give you that something different in a little bit. But uh, if you're not ready for that something different, you want to sit with this for a while, just pause and uh, come back to it when you're ready. Otherwise, let's close the show. We'll be right back and uh, tell you what's going on after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank Zola. I want you to visit Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com forward slash T-O-B and get all your free wedding planning tools along with $50 toward your registry. Zola.com forward slash T-O-B. And I want to thank members of the patron program. If you want to support this show, if you're getting value, if your life is changing, or if you just like hearing my voice before you go to sleep at night, you can show your support by going to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and become a patron member. And if you don't want to do that, you can also just send me a letter saying, thanks, I like that too. And thanks to those who are already in the patron program. I appreciate each and every one of you. I actually go through the um, members in the list every now and then, making sure I know your name, making sure I know the people that have been here the longest. I want to see your names on this list. And I look at these names and I feel really grateful for you. So there's quite a few of you in there and I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate you. You're truly supporting what I do over here in this show and helping the world at the same time. So thank you. And thanks to anyone that's using the Amazon button at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. That's another great way to do it. If you don't want to become a patron, you can just go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com, click on the Amazon button every time you want to shop. 
it should be an international button now. So even if you're out of the U.S., you can still use that button uh, in most countries. Amazon has this set up now where we can do that. So if you've been wanting to use the Amazon button because you're not in the U.S., you should be able to do it now. And of course, thank you to all of you who've done that as a way to show your support. And I want to mention the mean workbook just real quick. Uh, we talked about emotional abuse a little bit in the first segment. And um, the mean workbook is designed to help you understand if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, a verbally abusive relationship, or if you're being manipulated by your partner, or even if you're the manipulator. I've had people buy the book to do the 200-point checklist themselves and or share it with their partner to find out where they can improve in their relationship. It really is an assessment and healing guide for difficult relationships. So I want you to check it out. Go to loveandabuse.com and you'll see what it's all about there. And finally, thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And now let's get to a bad review of the show. <laughs> let's get to someone's critical iTunes review of my show. They gave it one star. Imagine that. Well, that's what happened. I always read the critical reviews that I get on the show. I think I've gotten like uh, two or three over the years. So there haven't been that many, thankfully. But um, every now and then, someone won't like the show. Someone will be like, this show sucks or uh, it's not worth listening to. And they always have their reasons. And, you know, some people, it's true. Some people aren't going to get anything from this show. It could be the way I present things. It could be the processes don't work for them. Maybe I think so differently than they do that going to the places that I ask them to go just doesn't work for them. And um, when they don't like it, uh, they either just don't tune in again or leave a terrible review so that everyone else can see it and avoid <laughs> the show like the plague. So in all fairness, I do like to read these so that you can form your own opinion and see if you agree or not. So here it is in its entirety. This is from someone called Mick20119 in iTunes. He gave me one star. And uh, the title was No Useful Info Here. I'm not sure how this podcast was able to get good reviews. But to me, this is just random ramblings. And the host is almost boasting about his own life rather than giving good advice. Any advice he gives is vague and doesn't seem to apply. In full disclosure, I was only able to make it through three episodes before my patience gave out. There are much better options out there that give more advice in a shorter time frame, so I wouldn't waste my time on this one. That's it. <laughs> thank you, Mick20119. I mean it. Thank you. I honestly want you to have a platform to express your opinion, and this is one of those moments where you are safe to do so. You are safe to tell me that everything I talk about is garbage and whatever I talk about is not useful to anyone. That's fine with me. And um, when I found this review, I used to feel something. I used to feel this negative uh, emotional zing inside of me, something that like was painful, like somebody was poking at me with a sharp stick. And this time I didn't. It was strange. I read this review and I didn't feel this zing. I wondered what that was. So I started writing about it. Like, why don't I feel this zing? What? I used to cringe. And I started off uh, my writing saying I used to cringe. And then my writing turned into, and this is weird, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. My writing turned into 
something called spoken word. Spoken word where it became like a dramatic poem or monologue that someone on stage might emote, you know, like uh, poetry to music, but not really a song. So I started writing this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm speaking in spoken word. I've never done this before. What does that mean? <laughs> doesn't mean anything. It just came out the way it came out. So what I'm going to do is read you my spoken word. Is I'm going to read you my thoughts and feelings in the way they came out of me, in the way that I wrote them, uh, just because this is how I chose to express myself. This is one way I got it out of my system. You know, we we're talking about getting things out of your system. You know, what was in there that used to make me cringe, that used to make me get that zing of whatever it was, hurt or pain, when someone said something critical of me. So I'm just going to read this to you in the spoken word form, and maybe you can connect with um, what I'm trying to convey and be my safe space to express myself in this way. Here it comes. I used to cringe when I read critical reviews like this. I would think about the years I put in and the weekly effort it takes me to create a show that's free for the masses and tries to help people through their challenges. I would take the criticisms personally, as if the person knew me and could see through me and was highlighting something about me that he wanted the world to know just so the world would be forewarned about wasting their time and effort listening to a show like this. I used to feel exposed as if the reviewer were revealing my vulnerabilities for all to see. And that regardless of where I was in my own healing and growth, he or she that is so critical of me wanted everyone else to believe, even those who never heard of me, that my knowledge, insights, and opinions about how to become more empowered and free weren't even close to what should be. So I thank you, Mick20119, for helping me realize that I no longer let criticisms define me and that there will always be people like you who cannot see that my efforts and intentions to help those in struggle aren't necessarily what you need. But there is a need that I know because every week on almost every show, I read a letter from someone thanking me and telling me how grateful they are for what I do. And it's not that I need to hear praise or admiration either. It's not that I need attention or want the listeners to mention how much they've changed because of the show. The messages I receive like that come and go. And I know that if I've helped one person out of one situation, that all my efforts impacted them. And that's what's most important to me. I'm not here to serve those that don't want my knowledge or care about me. I'm here to serve only those that need what I know so that they can learn, heal, and grow and create the life they want. I used to cringe when I read critical reviews like this, but now I use that energy to focus on my path, knowing that I will always disappoint someone while sharing what I know with everyone. So, Mick20119, this is not the show for you, and I respect that. And I will continue to serve as long as I keep getting letters like the following. Dear Paul, I'm currently listening to your podcast about accepting insecurities. I have plenty of my own, but my insecurity about my skin condition has taken over a huge part of my life. I'm in my 20s, and I have not worn a tank top since the 7th grade. Because of this podcast and allowing myself to accept my skin and my body, I feel so freed 
knowing that the choice is now on other people. In a couple weeks, my friends asked me to go on a beach trip with them, and I originally said no due to my insecurities. But thanks to you and this podcast, I just booked my flight. Thank you so much for your words and sharing your story. It has changed a huge part of my life. That letter, that's why I do what I do. I offer my, quote, random ramblings and boast about my own insecurities, and it changed someone's life. I'm telling you this, I'm sharing this with you because I don't want you to let criticism define your path. The focus on criticism and how bad it makes you feel, yes, it needs to be addressed, yes, there are emotions in there that need to be processed and released, but the more focus you give that takes focus away from a more productive path, a path from healing, enlightenment, and going in a direction that serves you and serves those you love. When you apply your energy to that, Instead of so focused on the criticism that slows you down, you can lose your way. It can really delay your progress. So again, I'm not saying you deny the feelings that come up because of criticisms or put-downs, but don't let it stop you from the path you're on. It's all about healing and growing through the challenges and getting to a better space inside of you. So there's less struggle, less strife. It never goes away, but that's why I tell you every week, to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power and also be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you without a doubt, you are amazing. nothing to talk about then? <laughs> I don't have a first segment. Oh, that's great.